Welcome to Sister Hack mini-episodes. Join with Hannah and Rachel as they continue to dive in, asking questions, providing life hacks, and allowing for a little bit of laughter as we continue to navigate our crazy lives. Hey, Sister Hackers. Hey, welcome to our second mini-sode. And we really wanted to talk about... Um, systems and routines in this mini-sode, so stay tuned, that's coming. That's but coming. In, in light of a natural disaster, aka- A weather system, a weather system, if you will. What we like to call the snowpocalypse down here in Texas. Also known as Snowvid. Snowvid. Actually, I have to tell you something funny. I wrote the word Snowvid for my classes, and one of my intro to ed students thought that I came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> Your students think that give you a lot of credit. That's really sweet, actually, that they thought that. That's very sweet. I know. We're going to talk about how Hannah weathered the storm. Because, I mean, we just have to mark this moment in history. And that's what we're going to do. If you didn't hear, um, mid-February, we had a system come through in Texas. Mm -hmm. And it was sweeping the nation. But for some reason... A lot of reasons, actually. <laughs> Texas did not handle it well. And um, because of that, I was caught in the middle of something that I never expected. So how, how do you think, just to start, normally in a crisis, rate yourself one to 10, how you react to a crisis? Okay, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to ask you to do the same. So let's I'm going to go, here's the thing. I'm privileged enough to not have experienced a lot of crises in my life, but um, in hindsight, I would say that I am a seven out of 10. Mm -hmm. I think I'm fairly calm and level-headed. So mm -hmm. that is, is a step in the right direction, but I also don't really know what to do. <laughs> Okay. I don't have a lot of skills. I'm really similar. Um, I would say in anticipation of a crisis, I'm very low. I'm like a three or a four just because I'm thinking worst case scenario. But in the midst of a crisis, I think I'm an eight or nine because when I just, I know I get, I spring into action. I'm pretty detail oriented and thorough and can put everything aside besides that crisis but then when the crisis is over I'm back to a three or four in recovery mode okay I'm gonna <laughs> I have ask to sleep you, it off I have to sleep it off I have to I'm gonna ask you um a question relating to what I just had to go through how are your survival skills I'm talking like 1800 skills yes so if I if I were if Laura Ingalls Wilder was my neighbor I would get along really well with her because I, I enjoy the idea of foraging off your own land. Mm -hmm. um, now your crisis though was a little different because you were in snow. So you were kind of limited. You were like in an urban, you know, in a little house in the big woods, but little house in the big woods, but no woods. <laughs> no woods. Um, I like the idea of all that kind of stuff. Now, when it comes down to it, I, I really would like it for a day, but you had to deal with this for a week and that's 
crazy. So we'll share some of the examples of the ways that you lived off the land for a week. But I do think like if I were to lose power in the summer, I'd be in a much better situation. But that's the issue here too, is that it was the middle of winter. Yeah. And I mean, you lived in a house without air, air conditioning for a long time. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. Five years. So that's, that's something I try to block. <laughs> no microwave. No microwave, no air conditioning, no dishwasher. So you could say I've been through my own snowbed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not equating this. Not equating. Too this. soon. <laughs> Too soon for you. And me and m- much of America. Okay. So tell me, Hans, an example of when you felt you were thriving during snowbed. And then okay. I hear about a time that you were failing. So start okay. thriving. Okay. So first of all, before we get into the details, we like a joke, but I don't want to minimize the seriousness of the snowpocalypse for a lot of people. Um, Lives lost and a lot of other damages done um, financially and all that kind of thing. Yeah, very thankful that you guys were okay. Yes. That being said, when I saw the forecast, a group of my friends here in Austin, shout out their listeners, their hackheads. We call ourselves the walking mamas. <laughs> hey, walking mamas. Uh, we walk on Fridays after we drop our kids off at preschool. Well, a lot of people just stand and drink the coffee, then they get back in their cars, but a few of us walk. Anyway, um, they said, and this was on like a Thursday, that school was going to be canceled for the whole next week through Thursday. And I, I was like, are we looking at the same forecast? Like, this is 30 degree high. 40 degree highs. There's a chance of snow on Sunday. I just couldn't, I couldn't understand why we were thinking school was going to get canceled through Thursday. I was trying to be humble about it, but I couldn't, I couldn't internalize it. So then I felt like I was thriving that weekend when the first round of ice hit the ground and Zach and I were like, we're not going to let this ruin our long runs. Like he still ran 10, 10 miles on that first Sunday outside. He said he was slipping all over the place. I took the treadmill for half of my run and then I went outside and we like drove up to our parents' house because we wanted to do online church up there. I don't know why. Um, And the neighbors were like, how did you guys get up here? We're like, we just drove on the roads. People around here don't know how to drive. So we really felt like we were thriving um, at the beginning of the storm. We still had power. Some people didn't. This was like on a Sunday, Monday. Um, We had the fireplace on, but you didn't need it because we had heat. Uh, just taking our Midwest roots and putting it into practice in a fairly normal setting. Mm-hmm. Not like we're, we're living it up. Okay. So, yeah. So in the beginning you were thriving because you have um, a firm Midwest foundation, but the, the, it continued. So tell me about a time where you felt like you were failing. Okay. So then power went out Monday night. And they're supposed to be rolling blackouts. So we're like, okay, couple hours on, couple hours off. <laughs> but couple hours on, couple hours, couple hours on, little heat, little no heat, little charge your phones, little no charge your phone. The power did not come up back on. We were like, okay, that's fine. The whole night, you know, we had, we ended up in beds together, like all of the kids and us. Tuesday morning hits. 
And the reality of a freezing house also hits. We had our fireplaces going, but you had to be really close to them to get any effects of them. We couldn't be like the, the people who were like, let's just see it as camping and like snuggle up and read books because we were parenting four children. And you have no have camping our, supplies. We we're not campers. Like we think we are, but we're not. Um, we couldn't have our morning coffee. Zach was uh, using a hammer to uh, grind some coffee beans and then we were boiling it on the stove. It was like 40 degrees in the house. Um, things were just hard. And I, I turned to Zach and I was like, we need to come up with a plan here because if this power doesn't come back on soon, like things are going to get rough. So we're so fortunate that our parents have a home in Leander, which is a North Austin suburb. And my nanny lives in that neighborhood and she was, they were actually having true rolling blackouts where the power would come on, power would come off. We were just having a blackout, blackout. <laughs> so we decided. What's, what's like, a non-rolling blackout? A non-rolling blackout is it never comes back on. <laughs> we decided we got to get to that house by night, nightfall. <laughs> As people call it. So okay. we were packing up stuff. I wasn't in my normal organized mindset. Like I was just grabbing clothes. Jonah had peed the bed that morning and it was like, I cannot wash the sheets because we don't have power. And then later we didn't have water. So those sheets did not get washed for a while, but oh, yeah, sorry to gross out the hackheads. They all, some of them know about kids stuff. So they're not grossed out. Anyway, um, <laughs> we got to mom and dad's house and there was power and once again, we felt like we were driving. Um, and it, it was all just a matter of like how comfortable your body is. Okay, but tell me about like how you had to put snow into buckets to flush the toilet, like that part of it. Like what were a couple yeah. things you did that you were like, I can't believe I, I'm, I can't believe this is what we're doing. Yes, yes. That, that hit, the first of it hit when we woke up in mom and dad's house. We had a nice warm night there. And then we go to make breakfast and the faucets yield nothing. <laughs> tapped out. They were tapped out. There was no water in the house. And we were like, oh my goodness, this is, this is serious. How are we going to do anything? So we started getting on the snow melting, melting mm -hmm. situation where we went and we got outside, got some buckets, got them the snow got the stove ro roaring and you the power be on and off so it's like oh let's throw it in the microwave they're like oh shoot we're in a no power time yeah <laughs> and, um, we, and mom does, they don't have a lot of buckets up there so we like it's hard to find things to catch catch stuff in um we did like I said my nanny lives in that neighborhood and she was texting us and she said she had some bran muffins and I was like well you want to just run over there for your run, Zach? <laughs> and the roads were awful. But I was really proud when he came back with like a side saddle bag and a couple cans of beer and some bran muffins from his run. <laughs> oh man, what is what do they call um, people who delivered messages in the 1920s? Hmm. Like a Paul Revere? A modern day Paul Revere. Yes. Wow. 
I love I love the use of the words like roaring, foraging, yielding, hunting, hunting and gathering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Zach actually he he went to get food because we didn't pack enough food. We didn't realize we were going to be there for more than one night. All the stores were closed. He found this Randall's and the sign on it said, close, will maybe open later, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a handwritten sign. But he found a Sprouts that was open and some guy was um, like, shakily walking across the parking lot because we don't have any plows or anything like that with a grocery cart and he was like I see a sprouts I think it's open I'm going in yeah oh man and he came back with some food and let me tell you morale was high when he came back with that food the boys were like eggs daddy eggs My, I feel like I can relate to this and this is totally not um, equitable, but I have been watching uh, old seasons of Survivor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you are watching a show continuously, you start to feel like you're in that show. So I found myself, we had half a, half a cup of rice left a couple of weeks ago and I was like, this is just like survivor, you know, we had to ration it. I said, Kyle, we only have half a cup of rice. And he's, he said I could have it. And then. Oh, so kind of him. I know. Um, But also too, I read Swiss Family Robinson last summer. And um, this reminds me a lot of that as well. They really had to live off the land. I will say it was my least favorite book of 2020. No offense. Yeah, that's a long one. Classics. You know, it's true. It's very hard when you're like, actually living in the moment because you're getting these messages like now they're saying conserve your natural gas and I'm like if we don't have the stovetop we're gonna starve (laughs) (laughs) because we'd already have the oven and the water and then like I was like is Texas falling apart (laughs) you know well what do you think so so to round this out finish up yeah people in the midwest may not have understood Okay, that's a great one. I think that the Midwest started to wrap their minds around it, um, at least what I was seeing on, you know, social media, TikTok, things of that nature. Um, they under, they did understand that, um, like, when a sto- snowstorm hits the Midwest, power doesn't go out, and if it does, it's temporary. So the power is a big factor. I don't think people wrap their minds around the fact that our roads were we don't even have a plow to one plow in the city of Austin. (laughs) I don't think that's crazy. Yeah. So when we were deciding to go to mom and dad's or not, it wasn't just a matter of like, are we going to go there because there's potential power there? It's like, we need to risk these awful, awful roads. Mm -hmm. Even though the snow had stopped, it wasn't warm enough to melt. And it was so slick because it snowed over ice, not to mention people don't know how to drive on those conditions and like I'm not saying I'm the best driver on that but at least I can keep my calm yeah when I'm sliding or something like that um because I've had experience with that growing up but others don't um and so like the roads the driveways the inability to to get anywhere is something that I'm not sure that people in the midwest were able to wrap their minds around Mm -hmm. and also just 
the facts of the way that the homes are built here, they can't handle anything like that. Like yeah, there's the not great insulation bursting. around the pipes. Yeah. yeah, pipes were just bursting. A bunch of my friends' um, t water heaters were broken. Tankless water heaters. I think because they put them on the sides of the house here, they're they're not like covered or anything or in an insulated area. Mm -hmm. And so like that was just a really big trend. A bunch of my friends had that broken or burst or something along those lines. The roofs um, were messed up. The, um, yeah, the pipes were the biggest thing, I think. So people were literally trying to keep their pipes warm. Like we had Zach come back to this house, risk the roads and come back to this house the next day to run. We knew we still had water. So to run hot showers to try to warm up the temperature of the whole house and also to keep the pipes from freezing further than they might already have been. A great decision. Yes. So, so yeah. All that to say, any lessons, any lessons learned or any anything in hindsight that you want to share with the hackheads? Yeah, I think I think it'd be good if we both gave a couple hacks since you kind of lived it through with us, you know, when we talk on the phone. So <laughs> I would say, this is so gross, but I think in the US, like we underestimate how much water every flush of the toilet uses. It is two gallons for a oh, flush. Wow. And that takes so long to fill up a toilet just to flush that. So I feel like, and I'm not saying we're doing this, we haven't done it yet, but I feel like we need to, a hack would be to just conserve the toilet water a little bit with, um, I don't know. You you figure it out for your family. That's <laughs> yeah. I think too. It's it's important to have some sort of non-plug-in charger for a situation like this for phones in particular, at the very least. But otherwise, some sort of like energy source that you can use if you lose power. And because we don't realize how everything is connected until you can't connect, you know. Um, right. so I feel like that is, I think for if you have kids and you're in some type of situation like that, uh, my hack for their emotional well-being and for your own is continue to try to maintain a schedule. Like we changed out of our pajamas every day and we like, we tried to do naps and lunch and exercise, even though it was really hard. And give yourself grace in the fact that like you won't be able to have your regular, regular schedule, but you can still like keep some out of a routine for them. So they don't feel, they're already feeling the emotional stress that the parents are feeling. Mm -hmm. um, but as much as you can do to minimize that, um, if you have kids, I think that's important. Hi, Nellie. One of them's right here, Nellie. You Hi, agree? Nellie. Did you, you agree? Stress? Did you feel my stress? Did you feel mom's stress? She kept your liquid gold outside because it was below. Uh, yes, my breast milk was in the snow. Um, once I got that to my nanny's deep freeze in her garage, you know what I'm talking about, girl? All of the, the like, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders uh -huh. because I knew it would at least be in the rotating power outages. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Well, um, Glad you're okay. What a story. I 
did not suffer anything close to that and just am glad we're on the other end of this because about a week ago now at this point last weekend you guys did have sunny weather and some warm days so I'm sure the entire state and beyond was thawing out and very thankful for that so yeah we didn't even have um university classes this week Monday or Tuesday it was about uh, you know, it was a solid 12 day experience from start to and wow. I would say if we if you count us as finished now, other than pipe damage across the country, we're probably finished about 12 to 14 days of craziness. Yeah. Yeah. A fortnight, a two week a fortnight, if you will. <laughs> a roaring fortnight. <laughs> That's gonna be the title. <laughs> a roaring fortnight. Well, hey. Thanks for tuning in. Um, send hack, send this hack, Hannah, your congratulations messages on making it through Snowbid and stay safe out there, crew. Hope that you guys are all doing well and we will talk to you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed this mini episode of Sister Hack, make sure to stay connected by listening to full episodes of Sister Hack at the beginning of each month, as well as following the sisters on Instagram at Sister Hack Podcast.